Damn. Damn, we made it. What? Second podcast and we made it. This is it. So what do we do here? Cheers? Yeah, let's let's yeah, let's cheers. get a good solid cheers so on this good, one. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you for being here, yes, Adrian. And welcome everybody that stuck with us. Mm-hmm. We greatly appreciate you staying tuned in and we apologize for all the technical difficulties. This has been a learning process for us and we're finally getting it figured out, I think. Um, so we're close to having it all set up and running. Uh, we had the YouTube problems earlier, but hey, we're here and all of <laughs> We were here and then we saved it with the mic stand fallout. Sweet. So we can't possibly have anything else today, but perfect. There you go. Right on top. Woo. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. It was working a lot better. Yeah, let's just hold it for the whole show. That'll work well too. You know, if you don't have tech difficulties, then you're not doing it right. Yeah, I'm gonna let you entertain. Oh, for sure. No. Garrett's the Common Sense Podcast, episode number two, coming in live. We were a few minutes late, but we got things figured out while Garrett is uh, adjusting his microphone stand here. But otherwise, we appreciate you joining in and continue to join in and and watch the podcast. Um, I'll be here for the next 30 minutes. My name is Adrian. I'm from Cigars and Guns, and just happy to be here. So I I appreciate it. You good? Yeah, I think we're back in business now, and I can get all the stuff out of the way, and we can uh, just rock and roll with this. So, yes, today we have Adrian. Thank you for coming and joining us. Excited to have you on here. I've done a few podcasts with you and the Frakes. Oh, yeah. Um, and interested in talking to you about cigars and guns a little more. I know I don't still know a whole, whole lot about it, but i uh, been learning yeah. more and more. And, uh, I, I, man, I should have got that. I should have rocked one of the T-shirts, man. No, you like, good, man. Thank you. Like, yeah, I mean, maybe <laughs> tell them about the T-shirt club tonight, too, a little right. bit. Because those are legit. And, like, those are one of a kind's. That's they one are. of the beauties of it. They, they truly are. It's a once a month uh, shirt club subscription program. Um, you get the softest, most comfortable T-shirts delivered to you every month. You don't know what they are as far as design wise uh, when you open them up. But uh, Garrett's a member. We have quite a few members here at the lounge that uh, are subscribers. But yeah, and it's it's the the design is different uh, obviously every month, and it's a cigars and guns type theme. And it's it's fun, a fun project for me to work on, and it's it's wonderful to see you know my subscribers wear it. it it's one thing when I come into the lounge and I see y'all wearing it, it just kind of blows my mind. But it's even more so when I see people in outside of the country, you know, in other states that are repping the brand. We we you know we go as far as France, uh, got some people in Germany. Um, Italy, I believe, and then of course uh, the rest of the country. You know, you name it, what state they're probably uh, ripping the brand. So I'm super proud of that. So thank you. Yeah, where do where do you get the inspiration for these uh, designs you come up with? Because I mean, I've got, I think I'm what four, maybe five months in. Yeah. Now. I think I've got four or five yeah. of them. I mean, yeah. the last one is by far my favorite, and I know you're yeah. switching up the designs a little bit and going with a. I think you said some smaller. 
It'll be Logos, minimalist. M- more minimalized. Yeah, more minimalist uh, design, kind of this more simple uh, type design, still with the theme of cigars and guns. But I'm, I'm going to go away probably for a little bit uh, away from the actual, like, showing an actual firearm. The, some of the feedback, and, and I, I listen to all the feedback that I get, whether it be in person, phone call, DMs, emails. Uh, some of the feedback I got was, you know, I, I can't wear this shirt because of X reason. And some of that is, you know, in actual Man, firearm. I hate that stuff. Well, you know, and, and I get it. So, yeah. but still keeping with the theme, uh, the September shirt will be that new minimalist design. Uh, but let me know what you think when, when you get it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah. So I'm going to backtrack here a little bit because a lot of people have been asking me, like, what is this podcast about? What it, What is this podcast going to be about? And really, you know, I'm going to still something that's been something I've always looked towards and believe in fully. My older brother, I'm going to have to give him a little credit on this because part of his jiu-jitsu academy, you know, it's Sharp and Iron Academy and, you know, iron sharpens iron. And, you know, like mm. one of my goals with that was to bring people together, great leaders of men, great leaders, period, people that are doing unique, interesting things and really, you know, kind of dig into that and just have some of those conversations because I think there's a lot of people out there that if they just heard some of these stories and knew like, oh man, this is how Adrian did this. This is, this is what he did to get here. And this is what it took to get here. You know, mm-hmm. there can be little bits of inspiration and things that people can latch onto, hence the common sense, but not just limited to that. And I didn't want to limit it to one thing either. So I'm sure this is going to take on more of a life of its own as we continue to grow and do these. Yep. But, you know, I'm really intrigued to hear about that because you know, you also sell guns and, you know, uh, one of the things I picked up on from your site and stuff was, you know, you, you, you say you're a concierge, not just a gun shop. Like what, what does that mean to you? And what do you want that to mean to your clients? Like explain that to to our listeners here a little bit. So, I mean, initially when I started, uh, the brand and more specifically selling of the firearms, you know, I set up the website even before that, you know, got the license and all, everything through the ATF to become uh, an actual gun dealer. Well, I, I live in a neighborhood. It's one of these multi-faceted uh, uh, neighborhoods with a lot of families, a lot of homes. It out of Salina, Light Farms, shout out. But um, what the the thing? It's it's a it's a big community of right. uh, families, right? So. And actually, my wife, Kathleen, kind of threw that term to me. She said, you're like a concierge. And I thought, so what, when you go to a, a nice hotel or whatever hotel that has a concierge, right, uh-huh. what are they there for? Ask questions, you know, directions, uh, and, you know, ask for maybe some feedback of what I should do. And, you know, I'm here for a certain amount of days, that type of thing. So I, I took that into the realm of firearms. And because I'm always getting questions like, what, 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 do I, what do I need for home defense? What do I need, you know, if I'm, you know, purchasing my first, you know, pistol? So I said, you know, let me be your, your concierge. So what I do is the, the, the program essentially is I, I can go to your, your home and I take what I call the uh, basic uh, gun vault uh, package, right? Which is a shotgun, 
a revolver, a semi-automatic pistol, and then AR. Right. So that essentially is the types of firearms that if you are just starting out and you buy your gun vault and say, what, what should I have in my vault? Those five firearms are the, the, the basic principles. The essentials. Yeah, exactly. And, and from there, obviously, you can go you know, higher, more expensive, and, and you know, go into you know, short barrels and things like that. And it, it just goes out, out of control for sure. But I have this program set up so I can show you the fundamentals. But if you're an experienced gun person, then I can bring those same firearms plus more. You know, we're talking right. know, backpack guns, um, silencers, you know, and I can even, you know, have machine guns as well. So fully uh, multifaceted. And, you know, I, I have the ability to talk about the, the basic weapons that I bring to the home and then kind of show them how they work, their use, and, and just kind of go from there. And then pricing as well. Right on, man. That's really cool. What, what, what made you decide to do that? What, what got you into that business? I mean, was it just your passion for guns and cigars that led you that way? Or was yeah. it, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. Military it's, background. So no military background on, on my personal behalf. Uh, my father uh, was a Vietnam, is a Vietnam veteran, um, retired police detective. Mm-hmm. Once he retired from the El Paso Police Department, he became a bodyguard. Man, that had to be a tough job. Yeah, yeah. Vietnam to El Paso. Yeah, yeah it's, it's weird. I mean, he tells me stories of, you know, when he left for Vietnam, and he tells me when he came back, you know, people at the airport were, were spinning on him because it was all about, you know, love and, and peace, no war. That's so sad. And, yeah, it's super sad, and, and we, we hold our veterans up on a pedestal as we should, but those are just different times, you know, right. late 60s, early 70s um, in that you know, situation. But, you know, he, he progressed and, you know, I, I grew up hunting. So I always had, you know, firearms in the house. And my dad, you know, obviously showed me what it meant to respect the gun because I knew they were in the house. And so, you know, we just knew not to touch them unless we right. were at the range or going hunting or something like that. Yeah, and you also offer a lot of that. Uh, I know you got the like life pod cases and stuff like that. Yeah, um, that you can fully accessorize, which is nice to have. You can carry yep. it with you, travel. You guys do a lot of stuff. I know this is something my wife's probably wanting to hear because she's always complaining about with her CHL. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know your wife's a realtor as well. That was one of the first oh, things yeah. when we were considering moving to Houston to open yep. up one of my offices. Uh, I told her, I was like, you got to go get your CHL. Like, we're going to do this together. Yeah. Like, I just, all the stuff that you hear crazy happening to realtors and stuff like that and yep. being a woman and, you know, seeing how their business operates, you know, I was really thankful that she went and did that with us. But that's probably one of our number one complaints is about mm-hmm. holsters for women that yeah. work well, that are outfit adaptable and stuff like that. I know even yep. the couple I have, I mean, there's one I really like, but I mean, it ain't real easy to get out of. I mean, thank, <laughs> thankfully, you could shoot through it if you really needed to uh-huh. once you pulled it out. But, I mean, like, as far as easy access, staying put, and everything else, and comfortable, yeah. you know, that's whole different things. Do you, do you spend a lot of time with clients on stuff like that, too? Is that something you have great access to as well? Yeah, most, most definitely. It's, it's all about uh, everything that you said, comfort, fitment, 
placement, you know, exactly, you know, with, with exact purpose of, of, first of all, the firearm, and then where are you going to place it, and is it comfortable to wear all day, and then, you know, placement, you know, where are you going to, where are you going to hold the firearm? Right. Is it appendix carry, which is, you know, in front, side carry, some guys, you know, carry it in the back, and then some people just carry it like in a, in a backpack type scenario. I got you. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, something else we should probably discuss, because I know I got asked this a lot on the last podcast, is what are we smoking? So tonight I went with the principal money to burn. So both of my guests will be smoking these principal money to burn, which you can still get here at ICC. Um, these mm-hmm. are great sticks. So yeah. This is your first time this, having this, This is my right? first one. I've had the previous original money yeah. to burn, which is a great cigar. And this one is their... Like Russian version, right? It's yeah, like, it's yeah, the Russian it's, version. It's, covered it's, in, it's got the little, uh, I yeah. don't know what you call their... I think they're rubles. The, yeah, ruble, rules. I guess. Yeah. But it's wrapped in a, I forget what quantity is, but it's something yeah. insane. But pretty cool little finish on the... Yeah. Oh, very. Something that goes with it. And it came in a really cool box if you bought a box of them. So. Yeah, Darren something, Coffey, the owner, does a great job with not only the, the cigar itself, but, you know, with the... Everything from the the, the rapper to, right. the, to the band, right? Yeah. No, I was really impressed. Like, I'm becoming a bigger and bigger fan of Principal Cigars. And yeah. Darren couldn't have been a nicer guy to sit around with. And, you know, I was fortunate to get to sit in one of his masterminds yeah. back here recently. And that was just an yeah. awesome experience. Cause a lot of these guys are still talking about cigars. I mean, for those that don't know, you're also a pretty avid cigar guy. And you offer, mm-hmm. offer cigars as well in your partnership. And... Also a big tequila guy, too. That's why we're drinking tequila right yeah. now. But he can school you on both of those things. <laughs> I still feel like half the time when people are talking about cigars that they're absolutely speaking another language to me. Like, you know, I kind of know what I like. Yeah. I know what I don't like. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's kind of like the same thing when I first got into bourbon. You know, I still can't pick out, like, all these, like, flavors and notes. I mean, I can tell something's peppery. If it hits me wrong, you know, and I can yeah. tell whether I like it a lot or, you know, I don't. So, yeah. And greetings to all you on here that are still on here, and we're seeing your comments. This is really cool that I actually get to see this this time. Oh, so, excellent. Yeah, that's a lot better this time, and thank you for all follow, uh, following us on here and uh, joining us tonight. So um, I saw, you know, I really tried to Google a lot so that I could, like, really try to find something to mess with you about. <laughs> as long as I've known you back here, you're such a – straight laced forward guy i was like really digging about the only thing i found that i was like man if adrian and i ever have a bet since Uh we're both bearded guys Mm -hmm. i think it's gonna be a shave the beard bet because like i saw a few pictures back in the day man and i don't know if i'd recognize you no it's it's weird um this is the longest i've ever had a beard this is probably going on probably coming up on, on a year and it was just a thing where it's like it, it would never connect here. Mm-hmm. You know? And I always had like either the goatee or I never had a mustache by itself. But, you know, I tried to do the same way here. The goatee. And then this was always, always patchy on the sides. And really, I think it was just the last within the last couple of years, I just kind of let it go. And it eventually just caught up. And I was like, yeah. oh, there, there it is. <coughs> Excuse me. But I, but I never thought, you know, it would get to the length it is now, even like yours. You've had that less than 
And when I started growing this, you grew that within a few months. I mean, it's ridiculous, <laughs> man. Like, as long as you're talking about, like, down here and everything, I mean, like, this stuff in here and up towards the sideburns takes yeah. forever, man. But, like, I'll inevitably try to do something with it. And, you yeah. know, that's always a bad idea. I mean, I had a great beard barber for a while and he moved back to Tucson uh, and then it was the experiment on your own and try to touch it up. Cause my wife was yeah. always like, it's too long, you know, oh, yeah. shave it off a little bit. So trim it up. Than that. Oh yeah, man. I mean, it, I, t- I took like an inch and a half off of it just recently when I trimmed it. Wow. Okay. Like, so yeah, mine, it's like miracle grow or something everywhere, <laughs> except like the little spots you want it to fill yeah. in. Yeah. So it's, it comes and goes. I mean, it'll, yep. you know, I, I, same as you. I can't stand to have it, like, hitting up here on the mustache. Same. yeah. I tried doing it, tried waxing and keeping it out of my mouth. Like, yeah. I just, I can't. Once it starts touching my upper lip, yeah. I'm out. Yeah, like, I'm the same way. I'll, I don't mind the beard. Yeah. I like having the beard. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, yeah, I saw those pictures and I was like, wow, yeah. baby faced Adrian. Yeah, like, the no. persona changed real quickly there. I don't know if I could go, go back to that. I mean, even if I if I did shave, it would still be, you know, a little bit of you know, facial hair for sure. Right. But yeah, going full shave. I mean, with a badass last name like Barunda. I mean, I mean it just sounds like this guy needs to be bearded and I, tatted yeah. up and carrying yeah, something. I would appreciate big and that. Bad. Yeah. I definitely need some more tats. But <laughs> yeah, time will tell. Right on. <laughs> well, is there anything you know? Something else. Uh, we're going to start a segment on here soon where it's just give us your two cents. Like okay. it could be two cents about anything you want to talk about, like something you feel like you've been on your chest or something you just want to throw out there that you feel would be helpful or encouraging or whatever. Just mm. Your two cents about anything. It could be scars, guns, whatever you're passionate about. I mean, it could be hot topic of the day i mean doesn't really matter but uh what would your two cents be for all of our listeners right now i mean you'll you'll see this i've been doing podcasts for quite a few years i have my own that i do like weekly and then we do some with the industrial family here and i always get stumped with you know questions off the cuff yeah this is one of them but surprisingly i have an answer for you and it's, yes. it's nothing, you know, if you know me, I'm not the, the political guy. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, talk about my passions necessarily if you don't want to hear them. Right. You know, whether it be guns and or cigars. They're sensitive well, subjects. Well, we're, we're in a lounge, yeah. so, you know, cigars is probably a good thing. And I yeah. know half the people here at the lounge, uh, probably 50% of the people are always carrying a gun with them anyways. Right. Right. So I know those are good conversations yeah, to have. Yeah, you wouldn't want to mess with somebody up at the but lounge. But on the positive side, and nowadays with everything happening in the world, whether it be, you know, local and or, you know, statewide, you know, plus, we need to, as a, as a, as a country, just get back to respect. Right. I, I grew up with, with parents that, you know, taught me, to always respect them, to respect my family members, to respect my neighbors, and in general, you know, people on the, on the street, essentially, you know. And, and what I'm talking about is holding the door open for people, you know. I could not agree with you more on this. To, to this day, I still open the car door for my wife. As she gets in, I let her in. You don't see that much anymore. And no, or simply holding a door open for yeah, somebody. Yeah, I mean, exactly. like you started off with. And up until recently, I always had maybe call it a, a chip on my shoulder, where I would hold the door open for someone, 
and they would go through and they wouldn't say thank you. And that, that got to me. I'd be like, you're welcome. You know, just like, right. And, and then I thought for a while, it's like, you know, regardless of who it is, age wise, woman, man, whatever, if I have the opportunity to hold a door for someone, if, if needed, I'm going to do it. And I shouldn't think of needing to have that, um, you know, thank you. No, it's a standard that that people should be held to a standard of respect. Like, yeah, that's one of the themes of this show tonight. And, uh, you know, I've got a great topic I want to get on with Jay Scott later on when he's on here and joins mm-hmm. us. But, uh, you know, I, those guys give me a hard time calling me the white Mike Tomlin, you know, and he played for Mike Tomlin. And I joked that if they bought me the Steelers stuff, I would dress as Mike Tomlin for Halloween. But I just don't think I can do that this year with the cool theme that they got going on and stuff. So I might have to delay that one. But you one can of probably the things, get away with it. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, I mean, like. I said dress. I was like, someone's got to buy me Steelers, like, apparel. Like, <laughs> I even told Jonathan Scott, which would just be funny seeing me in anything that that man could wear. Because I'm going to look like the smallest guy here in about 15, 20 minutes when he yeah. joins us. Because he's just massive. But uh, one of the things, Mike Tomlin is famous, like, after games, good or bad. Like, he says a line that is, the standard is the standard. Okay. And that has a very hardcore meaning to all the guys that played for him. And it's, it's basically the standards that they hold each other accountable to. Mm. And that, that when he says, you know, we didn't meet the standard today. And, and, I mean, everything goes back to that. And, I mean, it looks like he's given a boring press conference, but he is sending a very direct message to his locker room every time he says okay. that. And uh, I'm going to let Jonathan get into that a little bit more. But, you know, you reminded me of a very cool story. Well, cool, but it, a story that happened in front of me when you talked about respect. So yeah. I, have a, I have a very good friend that I'm hoping to get him and his wife on here soon. Um, they have a son that is absolutely awesome. Um, and I apologize. I can't remember his exact condition i think it's nfs or something like that where he he had like a tumor on his brain and stuff and he's you know he's had to live with this stuff his whole life yeah and my friend noel has done a very good job um him and his wife i mean she does like these triathlons to raise awareness and money for his cause and everything else so hopefully that one day they can find a cure yeah um and i'm really passionate about supporting things like that but i was literally and I won't say where, but I, I was at a place to get some whiskey bottles that uh, we were waiting for this drop. Yeah. And he had his son with him. Oh. And his son, who is, you know, one of the conditions of this is he's very hyperactive. You okay. know, like he, he's got to be doing something. Like he doesn't have this huge attention span yeah. to, you know, and loud, loud things, big environments are very intimidating to him or, you know cause him to be a little off, you know, when he's trying to deal with these situations just because of how his brain works after all that. But this little kid who's, I mean, I'm, I'm probably messing this up too. And I apologize, but he's like, I'm going to say he's seven. Okay. Starts holding the door open for people. And I mean, literally the first lady that walks through, you know, was like, Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. And you know, this little boy, does again and there's a couple dudes just walk back in don't even acknowledge him my buddy lost his mind like and Fuck i was like yeah. i was about to if he didn't yeah. it was just yeah. like can you all at least <laughs> say thank you i mean this little boy went out of his way to come over here and open the door for you My and like God, that's just one yes. of those things in this world today that right. like 
common courtesies and respect is just out that's the it. window nine times in. Just like right there with the customer service. And yeah. I think that's why customer service is so bad yep. in a lot of places because the, they have no respect. No. You know, it was no. always like, you know, it's win or lose. So, you know, like there's all these participation trophies and all this other stuff. Like kids in these new generations are afraid to lose. They're afraid to make yeah. mistakes. And even when they do, they feel like they're supposed to get a trophy for it. Oh, and it's like, yeah. that's not how this works. Like, you don't, you shouldn't get a trophy for anything. You should learn the lesson that that gave you in life yep. and be able to use that. But it shouldn't be this, like, I don't know. That's it's, just my opinion. I mean, I don't have kids, so, it's you know. It's an expectation. Kind of no, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, my kids are much older. They're out of the house already. But for you not having kids, you are exactly right. And it's, it's, it's exactly what the how it is nowadays right now, unfortunately. So is there an experience or something like that that uh, where you had like an aha moment on something like that? Or maybe it was from travel that like, I know you like to travel a lot too. I know you and your wife, Kat, like to get out and travel around. Is there yeah. something you've really picked up from a travel like experience that you want to share or talk about? You know, yeah, it's, it's, so we went to Iowa for the first time. I had been to Iowa before, and I took Kathleen with me here recently back in June. Uh, we went to go visit our buddies in Brownells. We had this big, you know, gun event, cigars all over the place, you know, guns. I mean, what, what more could you ask for? But the people there were just wonderful. And it was like anywhere that you went, it was like the customer service was great. And, and we went to this one... Uh, in fact, uh, Dave Frakes said, hey, if you're in this Iowa uh, downtown, go to this particular restaurant and ask him for, you know, this, you know, you need to have one of these sandwiches, basically. So we went, we took his advice, and we sat there and probably talked with the owner for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Where are you all from? Well, we're from the Dallas area. Oh, my God. Love it there. And, you know, we just had this great conversation. There was another lady there that had been going to that restaurant for like 30 years. She started talking to us, introduced us to her, her husband and, you know, told the stories about, you know, the owner and all this stuff. And it was like, it's like we, it's like we, we've been here, like we're part of the family. And it's yeah. just like you walk in these doors. Right. right? The, the moment that you walk into Industrial Cigar Company, it's, you know, we've, I've been coming here for nearly five years, but the same respect and family um, aspect that I get and culture, you, you get as well. As well as, and we're private members, and not that that makes you know, any difference, but anyone that walks through those doors, they're, they're family members. Yeah, I mean, I agree 100%. I mean, yeah. whether I was in the private, you know, Atabay Lounge now that I'm a part of, but even when I was in the public lounge, like the Frakes, anybody else that spends time out there like i was never treated any differently like no. they have done the best job i've seen of any family-owned business in a very long yeah. time of creating that culture like you yeah. know i was considering with my job and stuff you know getting into a country club membership to take clients to and stuff like that like this i mean and when i went and visited them like you don't get that experience i mean like oh. yeah we can play golf today and like that's great and all but like to bring back here and sit and share a cigar with the yeah. type of people that are back here yeah. and the way they make you feel when you're here. And I mean, I can't wait till they can announce some of the other stuff they have coming, but yeah. those are going to be great experiences for people. Yeah. And you know, all their family 
ideology mm-hmm. and, you know, traditions and just the way they carry themselves and go about their business, it's reflected and it rubs off on the people here. Like, I mean, I've, I've seen it firsthand where you just, yeah. you know, like someone gets a little bit out of line or whatever, you know, like you have to have that conversation, but like, it's another one of those things of holding people accountable and showing that kind of respect and, you know, friendship and everything else. And it's just, I don't know. I, I feel very blessed to have like stumbled upon this place and, you know, ended up where I'm at now. Um, and the people I'm in, it's one of those things that inspired me to do the podcast, you know, like, yep. you know, great leaders, you know, inspire other great leaders. And, yeah. you know, like I said in the beginning, you know, iron sharpening iron, you know, like just if you're surrounding yourself with those type of people, mm-hmm. then it's eventually going to rub off on you to some degree. And I mean, yeah. it's going to present things in life that you may have not even thought were possible or yeah. that you had even considered. No, you're totally right. In fact, I am so impressed with the level of service that that ICC offers that not if, but when I do open a, a, a gun range in Salina, it's going to have a cigar lounge in it. And that cigar lounge is going to be powered by Industrial Cigar. And Dave and I have already talked about this. He's 100% in. That's and awesome. And essentially, it'll be the same employees that work here will be working in my cigar lounge. And so the level of service that you expect from here, you will get that same exact experience at the Cigars and Guns gun range. Yeah, keep an eye out for that. Hopefully within the next couple of years. We have um, the lands bought. Um, we are working on plans to kind of figure out logistically what that looks like. But yeah, I say within the next couple of years, we'll, we'll get that going. And you got another one of your, uh, I mean, I haven't got to participate in one of these yet. I'm highly looking forward to it because I can't remember short of last season, the one time I got to go hunting. getting my gun sighted in like i haven't been to a range in forever and i've heard the epic stories of like how amazing your range days are that you set up for cigars and guns as well as you do one for the lounge as well i believe where you get the guys back here all out there and you bring out all the fun toys just like you know the uh golf tournament we have up here where you uh Brought the yeah, AR right. blasting yeah. golf balls, you know, <laughs> across the golf course. That was my, I think my first experience of really meeting you. Yeah. To this day, I still don't know how no one was arrested or even, you know, I don't know how we made it safe, you know, without getting arrested, leaving that, that golf course. I mean, it was so loud. So it was early in the morning too. And I remember like we teed off on the whole other in the course. I'm like, is there a gun range around here? Like, cause I had no idea y'all were set up or anything. I wish I, I didn't even know what you did back then. No. But I mean, that coming out, I mean, I mean, I remember being on the yeah. other side thing and it was just like every five minutes it was pow, pow. That, and I'm like, what yeah. is going on? And then we get over there and I'm like, Oh, here we go. Adrian's yeah. got ARs out here blasting golf balls. I wish I, I had the, the gun here with me, but what to explain exactly what it was, it was a golf charity event. Um, that was the hack fest for industrial cigar company. And it was, it was almost last minute. That was not planned for me to be there. Oh, really doing that. But they, they asked me if I could get some type of golf, you know, launcher. And I was like, hell yeah, I'll make this happen. So this particular golf launcher attaches to an actual AR 15, two, two, three. And then I use blanks. So I have a full magazine with blanks in there 
and then it's got this tube at the end yeah. of the rifle, and you you know pop your golf ball in there, and it fires, and it's it's loud. It's loud. It's so, loud. Even with a silencer on it, like there's like silencer looking thing on JP it. JP and I took it to his land and kind of tested it out first, and we're like, okay, and you're you're out in in in, in land which is open and desolate, so we tried to record the decibels um, with the little decibel reader and stuff and kind of figure out, you know, what, what that sounded like, but we didn't plan on, you know, seven thirty in the morning with on other the golf course homes surrounded out there. Yeah. Surrounded by, but yeah, it was, it was nuts. You know, and we had a great time and made a lot of money awesome. for the charity. Awesome. So yeah. is there uh, anything you want to finish up with here? Uh, that you want to let the people listening know about or that you got coming up here? Yeah. If anything, just follow us on all social media platforms, Cigars and Guns, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all of them, Twitter, you name it, we're there. Uh, YouTube. Sign up for his T-shirt club. I'm telling you all, you know I'm a yeah. T-shirt snob if you really know me. <laughs> yeah. They are the classic tees. They're comfortable. They're good quality. They're awesome designs. Yeah. They're not expensive. You get one mailed to you every month. It's made me violate my T-shirt rule, though, because I used to have this T-shirt rule that I got from my little brother where if I was getting a new T-shirt, I had to get rid of one, donate it to charity, you know, like drop one off. But this monthly thing has got me in a bind because, I mean, it used to be like pulling teeth for me to pick out one Uh, that I was like, okay, I'm going to get rid of this one. Now you're causing that problem for me on a monthly basis. But I do highly, highly recommend y'all check out his stuff on the Cigars and Guns. There's a direct link there to his T-shirt club, and they are are badass. I'm just telling you right now. Appreciate it. Thank you. And you all have seen some pictures of me wearing them. Like, you know which ones (laughs) they are. Yeah. Well, Adrian, thank you so much for being on here with us today. I really appreciate that, man. And, you know, hopefully this will uh, drive some more business towards your way on the uh, sites and stuff. But I really enjoy you sitting down and sharing a cigar and sharing a couple drinks with us here tonight. Thank you. Great having been here and uh, appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, brother. Thank you, Omi. Yeah. All right. I think we got just a brief minute. And our uh, second guest of the night is going to be coming in here in just a minute. Um, so I'm checking through these comments here. You want me to say? Yeah. So as your okay. producer. As my producer. Adrian, because we're still waiting on Jay to arrive. Oh. microphone ready for him, so all he has to do is come in and sit on down. Okay. So All right. We're stuck with Adrian, man. What a terrible thing to do. You don't mind staying with us for a little while, do you? Not at all. And my wife says that you're encroaching on her closet space. <laughs> <laughs> do, nice. Yeah. So do like I do. I have a stack of T-shirts that I plan to to give away. Yeah. And because of the T-shirt club, because you know, obviously, I have to be a member myself to represent, but. I have a stack of T-shirts that are just piling up to where I get to the point where those are going to be my, those are my keepers. Yeah. And then whatever's hanging is what I'll get rid of. Yeah, I kind of did that too. But um, the office, the joint office we have in the house, 
um, that we're still trying to finish out because somebody can't pick out a desk yet. I started a pile in there, but that's also encroaching on her space. So, you know, I'm going to have to, like, just make a run here soon and go drop some clothing off. I, I did get a few yeah. things out with the recent drive ICC is doing for, I think it's for the uh, Wounded for Warriors or Suits for Soldiers. Yeah, yeah I, I pulled out some stuff that clearly my fat ass <laughs> cannot fit in anymore, and I just needed yeah. to, like come to terms with like yep. somebody else could benefit from this yep. and get those out of the closet and get those over to somebody. So, you know, we, uh, I do have another bag, uh, that I do need to get over there though. Yeah. That, that's for sure. Yeah, we all do. I mean, I, I had the same deal with Kathleen whenever she bought a pair of shoes, I would say you need to get rid of a pair of shoes as you purchase the next ones. Hasn't happened. No, her boot collection is by far the biggest I've ever seen. Yeah? Yeah. Boots. See, I had a buddy that we went on a Vegas trip one time, and I literally, I would have won this bet, too. Like, So we were going for New Year's mm-hmm. to Vegas. It was like four days, three nights. You know, we had some stuff planned. So we had a couple different events. You know, we had a real formal night for New Year's uh-huh. Eve and stuff like that. And it was me, my wife, him, and his uh, date at the time. And... Uh, I made a bet. I was like, I, while we're sitting at the airport waiting on our delayed flight, I was like, yeah. I bet you have more shoes, because he's a shoe guy, yep. packed than me and both <laughs> of the girls combined. Seriously? And I swear to you, he did. And you know what? He said it was the rub. Sandals don't count as shoes. They're shoes. I'm like, those are so shoes. Those are like shoes, yeah. sandal, you wear them on your feet. They're shoes. They're shoes. Yeah. Like it's just a type of shoe. That's it. Just like there's heels and it. everything else, and boots and loafers and everything yeah. else. Like it's just a type of shoe. Exactly. Like you yeah. totally lose this bet. Like so. Yeah. So how many do you have, dude? Like I want to say like eleven. Get the fuck out. Eleven. Eleven. For, for, so for four days of four days. Yeah. Yeah, like four days in Vegas. That's, a, like that's another suitcase. 11, counting the sandals. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know how he packed <laughs> them all. Like, I, I mean, I don't even want to, like, know, really. But, like, I, I mean, I, was, I knew it was going to be true. Because, like, you, I mean, you go in this dude's truck, and, like, they're under the floorboard. They're behind the seat. Like, I mean, like, he's just got shoes everywhere. I mean, he's a shoe no. guy. But, like, it's ridiculous. Like, no. guarantee he owns more shoes I mean, I, I would even, even knowing your wife, I, I would still bet he might have her beat. I, I mean, like, he, he, he might. He's the only person I could say that, like, really might truly have 11 her beat. 11 is certainly excessive. I don't think Kathleen's will travel, travel more than with maybe, like, three or four, depending, you know, on the situation, right? Yeah. Dinner. Fancy dinner, you know, yeah. walking shoes. You need your walking, walking shoes. shoes. lounge shoes. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. She, she gets on me sometimes because I'll take multiple pairs of shoes because if I have dress shoes, I don't want to wear the same dress shoes every night. Yeah. So I'll take either brown and or black pair, and then I'll have a walking shoe and then a flip-flop. Right. And if not a flip-flop, a pair of uh, slippers. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. But I'm, I mean, I'm but probably in the same boat as you on that. Like a yeah. brown, a black, pair of sneakers, and then... Yep. I would say probably a pair of flip-flops. Yeah. If it's wintertime, then there's a pair of boots in there somewhere, which a little bit, they're bulky, so, you know, there's some finagling you got to do to kind of, you know, put them in your suitcase or whatever to make them fit. But otherwise, 
but really, we like to drive mostly when we travel. So it's it's a little bit easier. You can get the little bootcases and put them in the back, whatever. Part of that Land Rover stuff yeah, you're always yeah. doing. Yeah. All right, let me see here. What What is something that you've changed in your life or your routines lately that you feel like you've drastically benefited from? I'm going to find something to stump you on here. Yeah. You guys got me so good the first night you had me on. The- <laughs> I don't know. I think for, for all of us, you know, during COVID and, you know, everyone staying at home, that was a big change for me because I'm, I'm actually both of us, Kathleen and I are both very personable people where we enjoy, you know, hanging out with, with other folks so when it was a thing of uh, of having to stay home and Zoom meetings, yeah, that was that was way different. But eventually, just kind of got used to it, as I think we all did, and we just kind of left it at that. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Is there something you feel that's just like kind of along those lines? It's very rudimentary and basic, but that you don't feel is common sense today. That like. I know you went with the respect thing earlier. Is there something along those lines that just maybe you think that is so rudimentary that really would that benefits you, that maybe something you do or a habit you have or, you know, like I try to write daily. I'm not mm-hmm. as good about it lately, but I've been since I started the podcast and stuff and getting back onto those habits yeah. of just writing out those thoughts of, you know, things I want to ask, things I want to do and like, Part of that, doing the research with all my guests that are coming on. Yeah. Um, that's a big thing for me as well. Yeah. I think the, the biggest thing for me was probably. Table. I can set this mic on and get it back over where it was. I think it was just probably just maintaining the, the same structure. You know, when, when I was working in the corporate world, it was, you know, you get up at a certain time. You, you know, take a shower, do all your stuff, get dressed, and, you, and then you go to work, show up at the office and, and, and do your thing. And then, so when that hit, it was, uh, I, I maintained that, that same mindset. So waking up at the same time, getting up, taking a shower, doing whatever. And now you just, instead of sitting at your desk, you're nice in front of a, a computer with your camera on. So I, I think that helped kind of both physically and mentally keep me in the same mindset yeah. of being able to perform my, my duties. So you work from home, basically. I or do like you? I, uh, I, st- I still do now as I've left the corporate world uh, going on two years now. Right. So it's, yeah, I mean, unless. So I don't work well from home. Like I tried yeah. that early on when I had my decorative concrete business. Me not having a place to go to, have all my stuff, because I'm one of those people, like I'm OCD about all my stuff. Yeah. Being in certain places and being able to deal with all that, that it, uh, it drastically affects me if I have to work from home plus you know wife works from home yeah dog running around I mean I can find a million different distractions <laughs> that you know like oh I forgot to do this I need to do this like that's uh yeah no no I I, to- I totally get it so part of the issue and I, I have that somewhat that same mindset so probably early on right, right after you know COVID and things are getting back to normal I, because of the nature of my business, a lot of these 
workspaces where you're able to, um, like shared workspaces, they wouldn't allow my company and what I did. So once I told them, you know, uh, my company's Cigars and Guns, you know, I, I, and I understand, you know, I wouldn't be selling cigars out of this shared workspace, but I said, there'd probably be some times when, you know, I'll have clients come in to transfer a gun or show off guns and things like that. Are you okay with that? And it was always a thing of, I got told no so many times. So, you know, until I get in my retail space, it's just a thing of, you know, having clients come over to my home office and where we do the, the transfer of firearms. There you go. All right. I think that's a little better now. Hopefully I won't get any more complaints about like the mic blocking my face. And most people probably would have said, just keep it there blocking your face. But thanks to my mom on here, you know, <laughs> giving me the business about where the microphone is. <laughs> go ahead, Randy Rivers. I know you're on here. I know you got something to say about that. So I know that's coming. But Randy Rivers is turning 50 this weekend, and we're playing in a golf tournament before his 50th birthday party. Congratulations. And I'm really looking forward to that. Like, there's no way I'm going to miss the opportunity to beat him in <laughs> golf on his 50th birthday and tell him what an old man he is. There Although, the yeah. reality is, he will find some way to either get me hammered on the back nine yep. or something so that he can try to alter the course of this game. Yeah, yeah. That'll, that'll definitely happen. He's going to show up with something special for sure. I mean, my favorite, though, is when he starts playing really bad. He talks to himself in the third person. <laughs> it's the best ever. Like, you can hear it probably three holes away. And it cracks me up every time when I start getting after him, you know. Welcome to the 50 Club, brother. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, I so, guess Jay Scott is still running a little behind. No word yet. No word from what I've, I've heard. Hopefully my producer is out there getting that handled, but uh, we'll see what's going on. <laughs> no Jay Scott yet? Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to put it, that up it, for him. So, yeah, yeah. Still like everybody's going to get a laugh here in a minute when I look like the smallest guy in the room. But thank you for sticking with me here and uh, oh, helping man. me uh, get through this. I mean, these first two, I, I feel really good about this because we've uh, had probably everything that yep. could possibly go wrong in the first couple episodes it, go it wrong, you know, but like it, luckily it happens, people are sticking man. with us here. So it's been a good time. It happens. Well, my I time think, is up. Yeah. You got a more important, more interesting i wouldn't say more important i mean i mean just because he's here it's, it's towering Scott, over on. you <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll go here All this, right. this is my goodbye thank you brother i really appreciate you being on thank you appreciate you guys sticking in and 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 watching um hit me up if y'all need anything but uh let's give it up for for jay scott welcome to the show big man Got you a stick over here. See what he thinks about my cognac. Since that was his personal request, I haven't ventured down the cognac world in a while. (laughs) 
And for those of you that saw the post earlier this week, we are going to do a giveaway later this week. So now that I'm able to track and see all of you that follow and share this and hashtag common sense, the podcast, um, share this. If you guys find this enjoyable, you're liking it, want to get it out to your friends. I'm going to make a big push for the YouTube follows subscribers because YouTube is a royal pain. And until we have 100 subscribers, they don't make it easy for you guys to find that. You literally have to type in common sense, C-E-N-T-S, the podcast, all together. And it pulls up the logo that you guys should all be familiar with now. But if you guys give that a share, anybody that gives a share, puts out some extra follows and stuff, I am going to be giving away... A five-pack of cigars and a bottle of bourbon that you guys saw posted on there. Actually, a bottle of whiskey. I shouldn't call it bourbon. And I'm also going to pull out these LFDs that were a limited giveaway here that were unreleased for the event as well. So you guys give these a share. Hashtag Common Sense the Podcast. And without further ado, we got Mr. J. Scott. What's going on, man? What's up, buddy? How you been? Welcome to the show. Appreciate it. We've got you uh, money to burn over here joining the show. And uh, cool, 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 as cool. you requested, what you got yeah, I, I mean, y'all, if you don't know, he claims to make a really amazing old fashioned with cognac. It's not a claim. It's not a claim. Well, I haven't had it yet, so well, I mean, it's still a claim to um, this point for me. Well, Busy? Hey, you had one, right? Uh, yes. All right, so. Amazing. No, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, keep it 100. Yeah, like it's legit. So, well, welcome to the show, man. Appreciate it. Thank yeah, you for coming on. Good? Is my my mic up? Is my yeah, mic you probably up? want to get it a little bit closer to you. Right, um, kind of get it angled to you a little bit more. Yeah, All you right. on there? You you're looking good on there. You got you in there. I mean, you're dwarfing right, me, so you you solid. Yeah. All right, there we go. So cool. I don't know if you saw. I mean, you still haven't accepted my friend request, so I couldn't really tag you on here. What? <laughs> uh, I guess Facebook. So, but, but anyways, without further ado, we got a 10-year NFL veteran who played for the Longhorns, and yes, my wife is loving this because I'm a Sooner fan. There you go. I'm a Sooner fan, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, we got, I mean, you played in the, probably one of the best college games I've ever watched when you guys stomped USC with that last minute drive back with Vince Young. Yeah, no, it's crazy because um, 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 it's just crazy how every person that I run into says that. And they say, that's the greatest college game I've ever seen. So um, uh, it, it's just something special to be a part of something that, that – Unique. It, it was. It was different. It was different, yeah. man. It was different. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw, but where I want to kind of go with most of this conversation with you, because mm-hmm. you've been interviewed about football a million times. I mean, mm-hmm. you're also an entrepreneur. You're a coach. You're an author, mm-hmm. which I didn't know until just the other day when I was <laughs> trying to do my research. Which is the only time I think I've ever read a hundred something page book in an afternoon. And literally read the whole thing. Right. So I have some good questions for you on okay. that. All right. But, and I, and I like to be going that is, but the theme with this podcast tonight is mm-hmm. the standard is the standard. Standard. <laughs> standard oh, is gonna, the yeah. standard. Yeah, so you. you and I have got to share some sticks together, mm-hmm. some time together, watching right. some football. Um, and you've 
given me some different perspectives. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things with this podcast that I like to do is, you know, it's, it's for others to learn from other great leaders, other great men, women, you know, that actually can contribute and that are trying to help others grow. And that's something in your book that I really took note of is that you seemed really, I mean, I think the purpose of your book was you were really frustrated with, you know, you're a college educated man, Mm -hmm. you know, you served your time in the NFL and yet you still didn't feel like y'all got much knowledge on how to build your wealth, how to brand yourself, how to not be taken advantage of, and things like that. And mm-hmm. I, it, although your book is very geared towards athletes, um, mm-hmm. it's a winning playbook, right? The winning playbook. The winning playbook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I got that right. Yeah. But I feel like that applies to, you know, myself and other people as well. That, you know, I may not have been a professional athlete, but there was a lot of really good lessons in there. And maybe you could speak of that because you were around a lot of great coaches and leader of men that I'm sure you've picked up a lot of great things that you could share with us. Yeah, that's, that's one, that's one thing that I can definitely say. Just make sure, am I, is my mic good right here? Okay, cool. All right. So I didn't want to be, you know, yeah. So, um, one of the things that I, I really, you know, that's, it's crazy and it's, it, it, it kind of ties into what my father used to always teach me. And then at the same time, some things that I picked up when I played with the Steelers. And, you know, being in, you know, like being in alignment with a lot of positive people always produced positive things for me. In, this, in that case, success. And so, like, my, my father, like, used to always say, he like, son, if you're in a room with four idiots, guess what? You're going to be the fifth, right? And so in the same sense, he says, son, if you're in a room with four brilliant people, guess what? You're going to be the fifth. And so I always kept that in mind. And then you kind of tie that into kind of the, the standard is the standard. You know, Coach Tomlin used to always say that, right? Yeah, please explain that for <laughs> right. everybody that doesn't know. So, I know. We've talked about that a lot. Yeah, and so at the end of the day, it's iron. And so what happens is, is that, you know, it, it, that's the standard is the standard is really derived. And that's the combination I was saying what my dad said is that it goes to the Bible. You talk about Proverbs 27, 17, that talks about ironing, iron sharpens iron. So if I'm in a room with a bunch of brilliant people, it's only going to make me better. Right. Right. I'm only going to make them better. So. I, I make a conscious effort, effort of always trying to be in alignment with people that can that can help me grow, and I can help others grow. Um, and so, when you get to the statement that, when you get to the statement that what Coach Tom was talking about, I, uh, the standard is the standard. Is what happens is the standard is is a bunch of brilliant people in the room. We got the we got the hardest workers. We got the person that's attention to you know pays attention to detail. We got the guy who uh, has uh, you know an un- unbelievable amount of passion. These are different guys on the team and within the organization. So what happens is the outcome is always what success, right? So the standard is the standard. Right, so it's our, not just his cop out. But yeah, I, mean, I feel right. like it was him always sending you guys a very direct message. Where at the end of a game, win or lose, 
He mm. said some version of that, and that mm. was a direct message to you guys, like, yeah. and you guys holding each other accountable too. Yeah, and that, to that, that standard. and that's the thing is that is that the the that organization is bigger than just the Steelers football team. It's actually the organization because there's a, a certain level of organizational leadership that's exuded all the way up to the Roonies, right? Yeah. And it trickles down to management, trickles down to the coaching, to the staff, everyone. Like, everyone is in tune with, with everyone, right? It's like, like, I remember one time, I know Dick LeBeau was our defensive coordinator. And, you know, people who, you know, tip, you know typical society is like someone who is, you know, big time, like the CEO, like that's how uh, 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 our D coordinator was. Like Dick LeBeau was that dude. Like, yeah, I mean, he's a legend. Like, he's a legend, right? And so you don't get to talk to the legend, but it's not, it wasn't like that there. It was one of those things that, like, he'll talk to anybody. He talked to the custodial staff, had personal conversations, like, man, how your mama doing? Like, man, make sure you send me, you know, make sure you send that. Uh, XYZ over here, I'll take care of that for you. I remember, like, I had no clue, absolutely no clue that Dick LeBeau knew about my family and the situation that happened with my dad. He passed away. He sent my mom a thank, uh, like, a, like just a, a, a handwritten card just saying, how you doing, and hope everything. I know you're going through a tough time. And I'm like, mind you, when my dad passed, it was before I got to the Steelers. And so, like, for him to just take the time out and knowing that, like, my mom, you know, is going through a mourning stage. Right. Uh, to just write a letter, just condolences, and then never to met my mom. To show that kind of respect and, and, and do something like, personal like and compassion. And, like, and that's, like I said, that, that standard was the standard in that entire organization. And it wasn't like that with all the teams because you no, you no. played for a few <laughs> different teams. I mean, you're drafted by the Detroit Lions. Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. played for the Bills mm -hmm. and Cardinals. No, oh, no, I coached there. I uh, coached the Cardinals. Yeah, I coached okay. the Cardinals, but um, um, different bird. Uh, uh, Falcons. You think about the Falcons? Falcons. Played, that was okay. My last year, yeah, all right. The Falcons. Yeah. I was close. I was close. Yeah, you got the right bird. Yeah. You ain't close. Yeah. Uh, but. Um, is there other lessons, like, I mean, well, actually, I don't want to skip past that since we're on the standard as a standard. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about this once before, and I know some of these people on here, because I'm a Cowboys fan. There's a lot of Cowboys fans on here. Mm -hmm. And you and I had a really interesting conversation about that at the game one time, and, like, why the Cowboys and Jerry World, when you're just selling the star – you're not really setting a standard other than selling yourself. So it kind of takes away from this team yeah. mentality and the success you have. Like, Yeah, so so are we talking about my disdain for the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's so many personal things. And I'm, I mean, without you know, making I, it super personal, I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to get into, like, bringing yeah. up old dirt. But, I mean, no, what dirt. you said about the standard and, yeah. and explaining that, like, I, I felt like I learned a lot from what you said when you when you said what you said. All right, which part? <laughs> About the standard is the standard. Oh, and yeah. Like you're, and why you feel like mm -hmm. an organization like the Steelers, no matter who's coming up or coming through, they'll always be a notch better than, like, these Cowboys. Yeah. That You know, it's just constant rotation and disappointment and everything yeah. else. But 
you yeah. felt like that went back to the standards so, that they're held to. Yeah, so think about this. Um, name the last three coaches for the Cowboys, head coaches. Jason Garrett, Wade Phillips, and who was before that? Bill Parcells? I think there's one more in there that I'm forgetting. Uh, what's another? What's Other offensive another, coordinator. Mike Tomlin and what's to do with the mustache? Mm-hmm. Bill Cower. 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 Right. That's the only two I can remember. And then you got Chuck Knoll. Chuck Knoll. That, right. That's, that's so getting far of our so time. So now people can look at, like I know a little producer in the back. All right. Who, if we looked at Chuck Knoll, when was Chuck Knoll the coach for the Steelers? I mean, they're all like decade-long coaches or more. <laughs> my whole point, yeah, is my whole point is that the Steelers have a standard. Yeah, and that standard is the standard. It's organizationally, they've had three coaches within what forty years. Forty years, yeah, three. Cowboys have probably had ten, twelve. <laughs> since yeah, <laughs> right. And so my whole thing is is that they do a great job of finding which coach they don't want, but they never find the coach that they need. Right, or going right. through the nice necessary steps through that, right? And, I mean, we can talk about, you know, different books like the Art of War. Like, at the end of the day, there's, there's ranking, right? It's, you know, when it comes to decisions and this, that, and the other, if there is a, you know, someone, there's a conflict within the ranks, you know, the private doesn't get to talk to the colonel. He's got to talk to his, you know. Right. So, chain of command. Yeah, chain of command. So, my whole thing is, is that there's this disconnect and chain of command because everybody gets pissed off or gets gets in their feelings, right? Who they go to? Jerry. Jerry. Right? Run to Jerry. Right? Or Jerry you know, goes to them. And then on top of that, when we're talking about typically, when you have some type of... Uh, Sean Gailey was the other coach, Sam by Gailey, the way. that's it, yeah. Thank you, so, Randy. <laughs> so, at the end of the day, when you're talking about um, all of the different nuances that go into having a, a successful football club, it's like, who's running it, right? Just one person? Like, is you always see Jerry. You always see Jerry. You always see, see Jerry. Now, when it comes to playing the football game, the Cowboys are going to perennially be terrible, right? They don't have the grit. They don't have it. Like, sorry to say it. Like, I've been yeah. I've been, I've been around guys. You're qualified to say that. <laughs> yeah, I qualified to say it. Like, they don't have it. Right, they got some guys on that team that have that grit. That I mean, have, you've been to a yeah, Super Bowl, I, I, which they haven't been in right. for a really long time. And then on top time, of that, so. like, let's just be honest. Like, like, you know, like even we witnessed that when the early early years of me in Texas, man, we had everything. They got they got a they got a train like this. Cowboys got a training facility that looks better than the Ritz Carlton. Uh huh. <laughs> they got amenities. They have literally they're like the Showtime Lakers. Yeah. Without the Lakers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so they don't have that grit. They just don't have it, right? Um, like I said, they got good players, you know. 
Um, is that to say that like some of these other teams don't have equal yeah. facilities as well? Oh, like, God, no. Like there's teams that there's some teams that have terrible looking facilities, but at the end of the day, they cut you. I mean, a check. not just an older stadium, yeah, like old, but older they just, stadium. I'm oh. talking about the practice facility now. Yeah. Again, you know, stadiums are are one thing, but uh, like some teams. Um, you guys spend more yeah. time at these other facilities because right. you're training off season, yeah, you're right. everything else, practice, yeah. so, medical attention. Yeah, and no, all I'm that not stuff. saying it's like it's the it's the pits. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that. But I do know that like some facilities, like yeah, let's be honest. Like the Dallas Cowboys organization is a leveraging tool for world class real estate. Yeah, world class, world class, world class, yeah. hands down. Business wise, star sells. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> star sells. <laughs> yeah, like business wise, phenomenal. There's nothing unmatched. I get it, right? Right, and um, it, that's that's what the cowboy is. It's a commodity that's bigger than the Dallas Cowboys football team. Right. right? And, you know, and you know, so now on a more playful banter, <laughs> is that. You know, Jerry Jones, Parcells, whoever the person in charge, they chose a different person instead of me. I could have right. gotten drafted to it. So I'm just big. Yeah, I mean, you're in I'm Dallas. Actually, I'm yeah, you're in Dallas born and raised. Yeah, and then so I was told, I was told through my agent that they were concerned that me being a Dallas native, that if I played with the Cowboys, I wouldn't be uh, mentally focused. And which they take on all these projects of players, yeah. which like that's got to yeah. be insulting because so, like, it was I mean, very insulting. I mean, like I can see your disdain for yeah. it and like understand yeah. that because so I like, mean we've brought in ass. all these players that have horrific pasts and problems yeah, and troubles, like, and yeah. they'll take a chance on them. But yet, a yeah, draft so they, pick. They, they literally told me between me and or Bobby Carpenter, and they picked Bobby Carpenter. Mm. And we watched a film on me versus Bobby Carpenter. It speaks for itself. So, I mean, uh, it's true. So, um, whatever, right? So, I'm all like, yeah, I, I have, I have, <laughs> I have some personal healing that I have to do. But okay. Yeah, like, okay. Like, I'm always like, they hell with the Cowboys. Like, it is what it is. Cause, I understand that. Yeah, it, it's it's nothing personal, but it's personal. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I get it. It was just more, I, wa- I wanted to, you know, when you and I first started talking and joking about me being the white Mike Tomlin, because a buddy called me that, and you died <laughs> laughing, and then we started talking about the standard is a standard, yeah. and how the Cowboys relate to that, but I, I mm-hmm. mean, it, it, all, it all ties together. Is yeah. there a, I mean, you've been around some just amazing coaches and leaders in life, like, what do you think is some of the, like, best advice, like, maybe on the field, but applied to off the field you've ever been given by these great leaders? Because, I mean, you've talked about Dick LeBeau. I mean, you've had some other great coaches. You've had Tomlin. You've had um, – I'm trying to think of some more here. I mean, Mac yeah, Brown. I mean, yeah. you, I mean, you've, so, you've been blessed to have been, yeah, I've been around a lot of these great leaders. And, I mean, there's – I know there's great stories attached to that, too. Yeah, no, I mean, it's endless. Um, I mean, we can kind of just work our way up. You know, things yeah. I've – you know, I've picked up from all my coaches, man. So, I got to go all the way back to um, middle school. Uh, Coach Walton, 
right? Okay. Yeah. Coach Walton, you know, going in middle school. I mean, he he won like ten consecutive city championships. Hard nosed. My dad would say, "You're not playing football until you get to middle school." So that was my first introduction. And for those that don't know, your father played professional football as well. I believe the Jets, right? And he was a lineman and a tight end, correct? Yeah. uh, Actually, uh, punter. Okay. Wow. He's not as big as you then, right? You're bigger than him. What? Yeah. And he he was was a punter? He was a a DN, tight end, and punter. Wow. Yeah. Drafted, I think, like ninth round. Yeah, something like that. But uh, come out of Prairie View. Yeah, I've heard stories about my dad's punting, and it's the same thing. Like, man, your dad, when he used to punt the ball, it'll go up in the air, and it'll get lost in space. <laughs> and it was the be- most beautiful thing. And if I'm not mistaken, he holds a record or still holds a record to this day for, like, the longest punt. Yeah. Wow. Because uh, he played with, like, Joe Namath, right? Right, That, right, that, right. that time period, right? Yeah, right, right. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, coaches, right? Mm-hmm. So... Coach Walton, right? Charles Walton, <clears throat> old school. Like, we get two water breaks yeah. in the whole practice. The thing I learned about from him is mental toughness. Like, I learned mental toughness at eighth grade, right? And that's something that I always take with me. It's like, man, I went through hell just to prove that I can be on that football team and work, you know, and being with Coach Coach Walton, he never was my friend, but I always had, you know, some people want to have this, like, buddy-buddy relationship with their players that's a little bit more like friends than it is, like, you know, mentors, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, uh, that's one of the things. I had a slight little fear of him, right? But I always respected him, and of course, going back as a grown man, speaking to him, like, he's like, man, I always knew you. I, I already knew you were going to play in the NFL, and I'm like, What? Right? And so that was just like, that was just shocking to me because he never said that while I was playing. Right. Never said it. But it was just the way he approached me, mental toughness, um, you know, forcing me to to strive to be the better version of myself on the field. Uh, like if I'm going through something, I hurt myself. He's like, you hurt or you're injured? And I'm like, damn, I guess, I guess I'm just hurt, <laughs> you know? Yeah. If you're injured, get out the game. If you're hurt, keep going. I'm like, all right, I can, still, I can still keep going. That's that grit. And I learned, like I said, I learned at early age. Um, going into high school, Coach Freddie James, I mean, he's won state championships on the high, high school level, world renowned, you know, uh, respected amongst a lot of coaches. I mean, coaching Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, he's one of those guys is that he's very inspirational, man. He can just pull, he can just, I mean, you can be in the dumps and he, he can pull the best out of you. You know, Coach, like I said, Coach James. So one of your more inspirational coaches. Yeah, inspirational coaches. And he just like, man, whatever he says, you believe it. Man, we can fly to the moon. I'm telling you, all you need is some wings. <laughs> He'd be like, yeah. Little Red Bull. Yeah, Little yeah, Red Bull. Like, yeah, we can right do on. that. Like, you will believe it. Like, and it, it, there's no question in it. Because all of a sudden, boom, it happens, right? So, um, and then Coach Brown, man. Coach Brown was one of those things that, like, I learned from him was, you know, like, be a man. Like, on, you know, accountability. Right. Like, that's one thing. It was just, a, he, that was, that's just something. He always held us accountable, and he allowed us to hold him accountable. 
right? And so um, that was just one of those things that just made me realize that, like, all right, I can trust this man. Like, that's shared. I mean, because I went yeah. to high school with Mike Williams, that I believe you played with yeah. part of your time too. And mm-hmm. Big Mike mm-hmm. used to come pick me up by my collarbone in the hallways <laughs> and stuff. Mm-hmm. Man, that's just, and the amount he grew from the time he was in high school yeah. to play for the Longhorns. I mean, I think when he went in the draft, he was like the second biggest man in the NFL. Yeah. When he yeah. went to the Bills, I just thought yeah, it was hilarious, was you know. Yeah. You know, this Texas boy has to go to the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. He, he said the same kind of things about Mac Brown from what I remember. I remember the first year he came back, and uh, we were all just kind of amazed. It's like, mm. man, you grew like three inches yeah. and – put on 100 pounds and you're not the chubby kid anymore. You're kind of getting ripped, but big, big man over there. Big Mike I, mean, I don't, think, big Mike I don't think any of y'all's quarterbacks got sacked until that, uh, <laughs> what, what was the, the Big 12 championship game against Colorado where he went out for one play. Mm. That's the first time from his side that the, the quarterback got lit up. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah he, he echoed those same things about yeah. Coach Mac Brown. That's, that's really cool that that's mm-hmm. a consistent thing there. And like I said, man, my – my experience with Coach Brown, he actually, uh, he wrote a, a blurb about about the book, man. So shout out to Coach Brown, um, just a good man. Uh, and one thing I can say when it comes to his skill set, he's a hell of a recruiter. Yeah, yeah, he's a hell of a recruiter because this is one thing he says: I get the best coaches. That's what that's one thing I remember he said: I'm gonna get, you know, guys, I'm gonna get the best coaches. You're gonna get the best coaches that's gonna coach you up and get you ready. Um, that, you know, what I do is get you there, right? <laughs> he let him be known. Like, I, I know. Because I'm that. sure you were recruited like, by all the top colleges. Yeah, 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 so, no, I mean, yeah. you went to probably umpteen college visits. Yeah. No, actually, it's crazy as it sounds, man. I, I didn't, only went to one. Really? You didn't? I figured at least Prairie A&M had to be on nah. there. I mean, if that was your dad's alma mater. Yeah, yeah they tried. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that story might be a little so too embarrassing for them, so I'm not going to tell okay, that story. Okay, okay. <laughs> but it was, it was sad. We I'm don't want to embarrass that, anybody. Yeah, it's only like, the second yeah, podcast, yeah, better than that, and man. I went a little off the chains last time with Andrew, so <laughs> uh, we, we don't need to repeat. I've been doing really good about watching what I say now on here. Yeah, no, nah, but uh, uh, I can definitely say – um, I got recruited literally from every university in the country. Every. Right. Name one. Yep. I got letters, letters of intent, like all that, from everybody. And so I'm pretty sure people are like, so what made you pick Texas? It just felt right. It just felt well, right. Well, you have a strong faith base. I yeah, know yeah. you and your dad and your mom were very close from yeah. reading all your personal stories and hearing you talk that yeah. that uh, – that yeah, had to no, probably already be like a pretty simple decision for you being close to home and yeah, knowing sure. you were making the right decision after like yeah. having those encounters. You know, what it was was that, you know, I've been I've been to some unofficial visits, right? And Wait, you know, those happen? Yeah, you got I'm just kidding. I'm like, oh, you're talking about those. Like, <laughs> oh, no, 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 I ain't doing that. I'm just kidding. I ain't doing that. No, I kept it clean. I kept it clean. <laughs> All right, so one thing I can say was, you know, the energy, like one, I, uh, and don't quote me on this, but I know it's it's either Ephesians or Ecclesiastes. I can't remember, but it pretty much states, and I could be absolutely wrong, but I know it says. In I the won't Bible, be able to call you out on this. Yeah, <laughs> but maybe somebody online could, maybe somebody yeah. out there. But pretty much it boils down. What it paraphrases is when your mind can't figure out the answer or which path to take, 
to trust your spirit and it'll give you the right answer. And that's what I did because I'm like, everybody's telling me the best stuff. Like, oh, you're going to get the right. best education. You're going to get the Trying best Trying to sell you. Yeah. So it's like, hmm, everybody's got the best in the world. We're the best. We are the Ohio State, you know, we are, you know, Florida State. We have a greatest tradition. You know, that's, that's the biggest superlative that you hear is greatest, best. Everybody's the best. So I'm like, y'all can't all be the best. Right. Unless you're talking about perspective. Like, from your perspective, it's best. So what's best for me, right? And so, like, what happened was unofficial visit. Texas was just uh, off-season workouts. And so my dad said, all right, let's go up to Austin. I'm like, all right, cool. So we go there. <clears throat> And UT guys are working out in you know, uh, Memorial Stadium, and you know, I ain't never seen I never seen a stadium that big in my life. You know we got spread. It's crazy to me because yeah. when I came to high school, I came from Glastonbury, Connecticut, down mm-hmm. to the Colony, and when I saw those Friday night lights, I mean, mm-hmm. when we played baseball, football, anything up there, you're mm-hmm. lucky if your parents and your girlfriend showed up to the game. Well, you yeah. come down here, uh, take, and I mean, Texas, take it looks out. like college football up there when you play high school football in Texas. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that had to be an experience for you to say that yeah. about a college, yeah. you so, know, versus a high school. Because, I mean, none of these high school stadiums in Texas are chump stadiums. Yeah, so, and so, in comparison... Sprague, we call it we call it Sprague, but it's actually pronounced Sprague. We call it Sprague, Sprague Fieldhouse in the southwest part of Oak Cliff, right near, right next to Kimball High School. Our rival, by the way, um, Carter High School's rival. Can't stand Kimball. Anyway, um, <laughs> without further ado, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I, I got a little bit of that in there. Yeah, I put that in there. I'm just, eh. All right, so we. I went to Carter High School, played there, and we always played it. That's our, our main field. Our home field was Sprague Fieldhouse. And going from that to going to University of Texas, where at that time, I'm thinking that stadium hold like a little bit over 80,000 people. And I'm seeing a stadium with nobody in it. I'm like, God, damn, <laughs> right? Yeah. Beautiful, pristine grass. I'm like, is it real? Because it, it was like... Couldn't tell if it was turf or her. Yeah, no, it was grass. It was yeah. like, oh, my God. Right? <clears throat> Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so, at that point, I go in and, you know, you see these, you know, Big Mike, Leonard Davis. These guys are massive. These guys can block the sun, right? Yeah. Like, like buildings. Big boys. Yeah. And so, um, they're finished working out. And I remember uh, Coach Madden, Jeff Mad Dog Madden. He's our strength coach. I mean, he's wide as that TV, that 55-inch right there. <laughs> wide. Big old chest. What's going on now, young player, young buck? You know what? You can go ahead and break it down, right? So he when he gets me to break down, you know how like, people break down. All right, yeah. You know, you know Longhorns on three. One, two, three, Longhorns, right? So he wants me to break it down, and all of a sudden I got the entire Texas football team looking at me like, all right, young pup, young, young pup, break it down. I'm like, <clears throat> I gotta get my, gotta get my, my big boy voice. <clears throat> I'm like, one, two, three. <clears throat> I'm like, all right, Longhorns on three. One, two, three, Longhorns. And then I heard when they said Longhorns, it was just like it reverberated in the stadium. It echoed inside of you. Long. I was like, oh shit, it just felt right. It just yeah. felt right. Sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to cuss. Resonated uh, but, with you. <laughs> so I was just like, damn. 
Yeah, that was it. And so I'm just like, ooh, that felt good. It just felt right. Didn't know yes or no, wrong, right or wrong. It just felt right in my spirit. So my dad was in the car outside the stadium just chilling, just, just relaxing. And then I walk in the car, he's like, so, well, son, what you think? And my dad, he always wanted me, he was raising me raising me to be a man, and men have to make decisions, and you got to live right. with that decision. So he's like, hey, I'll support you. Any questions you have, yeah, yeah, but it has to be, it, it's your decision. And so I go, you know, I'm, you know, what, what, you know, I go into the car, and I'm sitting there, and you got this perfect silence. And I just said, Dad, I want to go to Texas. And my dad just got quiet. He just nodded his head. And he said, fuck yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And, he just, <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, so that's good? He's like, yes, I'm so happy. And then he just started smiling. And he's like, all right, cool. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk to the coaches. He knew he was going to be able to come watch you play. Yeah, yeah. so I could tell, like, I made a decision. But he was proud of my decision. And so I was like, yeah. And then at that point, you know, I still haven't taken an official visit. I took my official visit with Texas, but I still could have had an official visit with Florida, uh, Florida State, Ohio State, uh, A&M. Say Oklahoma. Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma reached out, LSU, LSU. There you go. There I remember you go. Coach Saban, Coach Saban was poaching me when we played in the Cotton Bowl against LSU, he kind of pulled me aside. He's like, you know, Jonathan, we, we were trying to get you to come to LSU, but, you know, you know, we can't fight against Texas. You know, they got amazing this and amazing that. And I remember Coach Brown came over there and was like, ah, Nick, what you doing? You talking to my player? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, no, it's nothing. And so I remember that, 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 that little beef. That, that, they had there. a little beef right there. So back then, you know, Coach Brown was the top dog. You know, he's coming yeah. into Texas, coming from Carolina and, you know, getting the ideal job at Texas. Yeah. And, you know, getting the ideal job is like getting the ideal, like going to Harvard, right? Everybody wants to go to Harvard, right? Or MIT, like, oh, my God, you went to Harvard? Oh, my God, you got the coaching job at Texas? Right. Oh, yeah, everybody wanted it, right? And so it was just, it was just one of those things that I was like, yeah, I'm in the right spot. Uh, it's like I'm a, I'm a ride with Texas, and and I tell you this to this day, the best decision I made. Absolutely, I have that's awesome. Zero man. regrets. Usually, when you trust your gut, that's you usually what happens. You trust your gut, happens. and that's spiritual. That's that's biblical, yeah. right? I just trusted my gut. It stuck with my spirit. A lot of stuff I can't answer. Well, when I can't answer, trust my spirit. It'll tell me. I mean, how did you guys? I mean, did you guys have those feelings? I mean, I do want to go back to that a little bit, just because, mm -hmm. like we talked about earlier. It's one of the greatest college football games I've ever watched in my life. When you guys played USC, I mean, with Vince Young, I mean, yeah. I mean, he was just such an amazing athlete. And, I mean, you guys had so many amazing athletes on yeah. the team. Yeah. I mean, just all around, top to bottom, like, you guys were stacked. I That's mean, the crazy part. We had more talent the year before. We had even more talent the year before. But, but what we built from that, we had a foundation of trust that was just – just on some, it was just on a different level. Because you got to think, talent-wise, before that, we had Roy, Roy Williams, B.J. Johnson, uh, Cedric Benson, Derek Johnson. Yeah. Then, do I need to say more? I mean, yeah, you <laughs> right. guys have been, I mean, all of those guys the prime. were pro bowlers. Yeah. Right? Some of them potential Hall of Famers. Right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Nathan Vasher. Uh, uh, oh, my God, it just keeps going, right? B.J. Johnson, like, yeah. oh, my God. So, the next year, everybody's coming back. 
everyone's got their confidence. And, man, it was one of those things. Like, if, And, by the way, if you haven't checked out 05 on the Longhorn Network, you got to check it out. Three-part series is amazing. It's literally our version. Even as a Sooner fan, I can't say that that's not good. <laughs> right, right. I'm telling um, you, man. And I, and I say Sooner fan because I didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. But – I lived in a lot of great college towns, so I always supported whatever town. I, mean, I moved every three years growing up. So, yeah, And then I moved to Texas. Military. My dad worked for the FDIC. Okay, So gotcha. same thing. It's yeah, military yeah. structure, you know, yeah. government, government yeah. jobs. So, you know, when I moved to Texas, all of a sudden they were like, you can't root for both teams. And I'm like, I can. It's only They only play each other one time a year. And they're like, no, no, no. You guys. So I was like, well, I was born in Oklahoma. My grandfather was mm-hmm. a Sooner fan. So, fine, Sooner I'll be is. a Sooner fan. Right, you know, right. like, if y'all can maybe choose. But, I mean, reality, I mean, as long as they're not playing each other, I mean, I'll root for them. I mean, I got, I got no bones against that. I mean, I, I, I'm a fan of good sports mm-hmm, and seeing mm-hmm. good teams and good athletes. Like, mm-hmm. That's what I'm a fan of, and like seeing truly great teams and great players put on great performances. Yeah. So, nah, it was uh. Well, that that last drive. I mean, what what was that like for <laughs> yeah, you guys? Like, what man. was the mentality going into that? What was the like? Where were you guys at on that? Man, it had. It takes me looking at the game to kind of go back to see how I was thinking because I've been highly trained in my skill set. To block out the distractions. Right. I mean, Coach Brown talked about that all the time. Right. Block out distractions. Block out distractions. So for me, it wasn't until it was like a TV timeout going into that drive, and you know, with TV timeout, everybody's watching commercials. Well, what was going really going on while that was going on? You know, they got some kind of thing. You know how like the PA system got some kind of fanfare right. going on and all that good stuff, and uh, they're showing this like footage of like the battle between Texas, you know, leading up to this this moment. So they're watching. We're looking at USC's highlight reel. We're looking at our highlight reel, and it's like you know, it's like all right, you are here at the 2006, technically 2006, uh-huh. 2006 national championship. So at this point, like everybody in the crowd is like basking in this moment. And so all of a sudden you're you're seeing like this. It's like this is all I see is like 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 this like people taking flashes like over and over and you seeing flickering. Every single person is like taking pictures and it's like bling 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 and then at that moment we're in this TV timeout and I'm just looking around and I'm like, oh shit, I'm in the national championship. <laughs> that's when it hit me. This is that's when it hit me. I'm like, oh shit. All right. Before the last drive? Yes, that's when it hit me. Like, shit. oh shit, I'm in the national championship, right? And then then at that point, then it's like, all right, you know, because they got the, the person with this like big orange glove that lets us know it's a TV timeout. And then when he walks off, it's like, all right, now we're rolling. You know, announcers are talking to the, you know, to the, you know, everybody yeah. on television. We ready to go here. We're Brett Musbacher. We're here at the last, at the last final drive. Here, Texas. You know, Vince Young is back in the, you know, doing the whole thing, right? And so at this point, I'm pretty sure that's what's going on TV, right? <laughs> at least in my mind, right? And so I know Coach called a play, and we're like, we know it's it's been set in our mind. Coach always talking about. You know, like pre-games and throughout the year, you know, who is going to be the person that when it's all on the line, who is going to have the ball? 
Everybody on the entire team knows that Vince is getting the ball. Yeah, Vince. <laughs> I don't give a damn it. if they call it, uh, you know, trips right. Uh, you know, all three. Halfback sweep, whatever you know. You know uh, it's a key. Keep, keep Vince keep Young that thing. is like, going to rock. Yeah, he's going to show pass, but he's running that thing. And so me and Vince had an understanding. Like, bro, he like, big dog, just get the dude upfield. I got you. I don't need nothing else. Just get him upfield. So at this point, I know their ears are pinned back, and they trying to get a sack. They trying to get a sack. I know this. And so uh, I had to go against Frosty Rucker, right? He played in the league. Nice. You know, he got a good career in the league, mostly with the Cincinnati. Anyway, yeah. And so at this point, you know, I'm just thinking to myself, whatever it is, don't let them beat you outside and don't let them touch the quarterback. Because you don't want to be embarrassed on national television, right? right? So, sure enough, man, boom. It was some kind of pass that was supposed to happen. It was going to be some kind of dig route on the middle of the field. If it ain't there, Vince is running the ball. And Vince knows if he sees any kind of uh, angle and it's wide open, any kind of pass, he's taking it. So, if you really look at that play, he just drops back, shows pass, but he's about to run the ball. It's a pass play. But it's like so. Pass play was called. Yeah, your pass play was called, but it was Vince. Is is your ball? He overrode it in the he, huddle. Yeah, and yeah. Like, he hey, didn't tell him no. It's not even one of those things. It's like, hey, I'm gonna go run the ball. He's like, all right, 52. You know, X and R, X streak on one on one. Ready to break. We just know like Vince is running the ball. <laughs> yeah, and so he's going to do the play. Until it's like, all right, scratch that play, I'm doing that. And sure enough, uh, I make my block, and then when I push push Rucker down, I turn around and I see I see nothing but ten, <laughs> and it's like nobody next to him, and I'm just like, oh, that's touchdown. Like you can tell when, because Vince runs like a like a gazelle, right? Yeah. When he gets to like gazelling. <laughs> yeah, like, when he hits yeah, that gone. turbo. Yeah, it's, yeah when he hits that getting, R1. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if he's in open space, you're not going to tackle him. Yeah. Like, if he's in tight situation, yeah, you might be able to get on. But if he's in open space, yeah, yeah. you ain't tackling him. Because he's going he's gonna to be on, like, some Eric Dickerson type stuff, just smooth right. and graceful and get you. Right? Reggie Bush was like, <laughs> you know, like a little rabbit. But Vince was, like, smooth. Yeah. And sure enough, when I saw that open field, I was like, yeah, that's touchdown. And sure enough, Right in that corner end Slow and steady is yeah. fast, man. Yeah, and so at that point, it was just one. It was just redemption of just knowing, like I told you, we were gonna beat these boys. I told you, like there ain't nobody believe us. They was, man, because going into the week, oh, they was talking about how great USC is. Oh, this is the greatest college football team ever. They can possibly, they can probably be. Gave you all that billboard material. Yeah, and so it was just like, all right, we got you. Like, did y'all not see our season? Did y'all not see our last game? Yeah. Like, we, we was in the Big 12 championship and won, like, 70 to 3. Like, we ready. Like, we nice. Yeah. And so, it was just total disrespect. It was like we were just chumps. And so, it was just, you know, and the funny thing is going into the season, you know, going into uh, the bowl game, we had, you know, a week or so of practice. That is the first time, that was the only time in my career ever playing football to where we had a perfect practice like everybody was on point everybody i'm talking about all the way from the players to the even the the kicker even the equipment managers was on point they were just boom and it was just like yeah stars were aligned we knew we was gonna win 
Like, we just knew it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I'm glad you shared that with us. Mm-hmm. My producer's giving me the time time button here, so mm-hmm. I think we're going to have to get you back on here soon, like yeah. finish this up, have some more conversation, because yeah. I didn't get to touch half the stuff I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. But y'all should all check out his book. Um, I forget the gentleman's name you did that book with. Yeah, Maybe so, give him a shout-out, too. So, but, yeah, uh, so check out, you know, check the book out. It's about <clears throat> financial empowerment as well as financial literacy. It's called The Winning Playbook. <clears throat> if you want more information about me and my co-author, Rob Welsh, you can go to yourwinningplaybook.com. Again, the name of the book is The Winning Playbook, but you can go to the website, yourwinningplaybook.com. Check it out. You can order it. It's out right now. It's like Am- $9.99 on Amazon. Apple Books and yeah, all that. Yeah, so um, all, major retailer, all major retailers, Amazon, Barnes & Nobles. Yeah. You know, It'll leave of- you asking, wanting to ask more questions, which yeah. I couldn't get to in this yeah. podcast. But, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll give you one read. little tidbit before we get off here. Like, there's something I took from it that where, like, you always need to pay yourself. Like, mm-hmm. even if you're in a sales role, whatever job you have, Take that aside. You got to take a percentage and pay yourself. You're worth Cause it. Because that, that opens up doors and opportunities for you. And that's, that's something that even these guys getting, whether they're getting half a million dollar, a million dollar paychecks and up, they even needed that lesson of pay yourself. You put in the work, put something back and pay yourself for the future. So yeah. Yeah. that was some wise words you had in there. And I, I, I wanted to get into that a little bit more, but... We'll get you back on here again. I feel like we can do another whole show with just you. I'll have to plan a little better time-wise. So with your coaching and other duties that you have, we can uh, make that work. But, man, I really appreciate you coming on here and uh, sharing this with all my people on here. And uh, My pleasure. Joining us, man. My pleasure. Yeah. Had a great time with you. I've got all kind of uh, intel. Yeah. 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 You got great stories and you have a great passion for sharing um, another one of your great lines is each one teach one. Hopefully we can get into that a little bit later, but I mean, you truly have a passion for sharing and empowering and uh, applying knowledge and sharing that knowledge so that it's not just, you know, some other rich guy not sharing his knowledge of mm-hmm. helping you grow or be able to move forward in whatever venture it is that you are moving forward in. And yeah. that, that reads throughout the book. And I mean, I'm happy to call you a friend, and I'm really happy you joined us today, man. But thank you for being on the show, man. All right, my pleasure, man. All right, Biz, I guess that's a wrap. All y'all know that contest is still live. We are going to do a cigar giveaway that I mentioned earlier, the, the whiskey giveaway. And please, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, give it a like, give it a follow, share it with your friends, and hashtag Common Sense the Podcast. Let's blow this thing up.